This program is a part of the Full Press Radio Network. Find this and all of Full Press Coverage's shows on fullpressradio.com or free on the Full Press Coverage app, available now on the Apple and Google Play stores. This is John Clayton, and you're listening to Clark and Ira on the iTest for two. Well, any plans we had for today's show? There was scuttled last weekend when Ira and I received news and, and really uh, disturbing news that Hall of Fame voter and Bill Nunn Award recipient and honestly longtime friend John Clayton, who had been on the Hall's Board of Selectors, Ira, over 30 years. He was the senior member of the Board of Selectors. He passed away at the age of 67. Now, Ira and I knew John not for years but for decades. And I first met him, Ira, during the strike of 1982 in New York City when we were um, housed in the Summit Hotel and John was reporting on what uh, Ed Garvey had for lunch and breakfast. He was he was unreal. He was all over it. But I go back to 1982. I'm just wondering about you. How long have you known um, John? Probably about the same time. You know, I, I started covering football in 79 in New York. Yeah. So I don't think I saw Clayton too much in New York, but Clark, a couple of things. One, very personal. Yep. We're the same age. John Clayton and I are the same age. Mm-hmm. We were born about three months apart. When something happens like that, and I didn't even know he was sick, uh, I guess he was in the hospital, Clark, when he passed yeah. away, I believe, yeah. short illness. So that hit, that hit me very hard. And we also got, uh, my wife and I got to know him and Pat over the years, as you did, Clark, yep. a lot of times at Super Bowls, uh, owners meetings, and my wife developed a strong friendship with Pat. They talking on the phone, they, we get letters every uh, Christmas from them, and so it, it's very personal for me. Yeah, and I think if there's a concern and a worry now, it is for Pat because of the emotional attachment between the two and John looked after he looked after her for a long period of time. And speaking of John, if you met him, just speaking again, personally, as Ira was, you'd never forget him. <laughs> you'd never forget him. The guy was tireless. He worked every angle of every story, sometimes two or three at once. And I think he was the hardest working sports writer in America. I mean, he'd go to two camps. Remember he went to two camps a day during the training camp. And I say, John, how can you do that? I'm just going to get it done. And it, what helped was when the two teams would be practicing together. So you go, oh, I just go to one side and get both teams. But he had, uh, he also is a guy that uh, in the 1990s, you and I would remember plan B. Well, he turned plan B into plan A. I mean, he was one of a kind. He worked everything as hard or harder than anyone else. And one, one more thing, Clark, uh, and you probably had the same experience. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we talked Hall of Famers with, with Clayton, and we would push for a certain guy or whatever. And he would have these notebooks with him, Clark. He'd have them. <laughs> and they're funny. different color coded, like Dr. Z, Paul Zimmerman, <laughs> and he, you know, and, and Rick Goslin's like that too, Clark. Very much. Certain guys. Um, and, and you couldn't win an argument with Clayton on the Hall of Fame because he, he had all the numbers, he had all the stats, Clark. Yeah. He had it. He had it. He was a John was a difference maker. And Ari, you know, it's he was so important to his profession that his passing was documented by the New York times. Yeah. That's rare. That is rare. And he was the subject of an open letter of the condolence that you probably saw from commissioner Roger Goodell. Um, I guess what I'm saying is he was a giant of the industry and 
that's one reason among many that we're dedicating this podcast to him. So with that in mind, we've invited a giant of his industry, and that's former Seahawks PR director, Gary Wright, who Ira just won one of the Pro Football Hall of Fame's first Awards of Excellence Awards. It's given to the contributors of the game. And Gary was one of those, and rightly so. And he's here to remember John, both as a reporter who covered the Seahawks for years and as a national insider for ESPN later and for many years. But Gary, thanks so much, first of all, for joining us. Great to talk to you after all these years. And congratulations on the award, which is richly deserved. Well, thanks for the congratulations, but also uh, thanks for the opportunity to be with you guys. I, I really uh, enjoy being able to catch up after so many years, but it's uh, it's terrible that it has to be on this type of subject. Um, I mean, he was he was absolutely a giant, and it just meant that uh, you know heaven needed a, a inside football reporter. And it was, uh, <laughs> It was time to get the best. <laughs> That's right. I'm sure he's got the signing bonus for the latest third string tight end before anyone else there. Um, you know, I, 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 I was going to say, you know, uh, one of the one of the writers was was joking that, uh, you know, uh, John would really be upset over this because he didn't get to break the story about his own passing. <laughs> There's a modicum of truth to that. Um, well, you know, let, let's start um, first things first, Gary. I mean, it was a stunning blow to all of those who knew him. And that was uh, especially here in the East. I hadn't seen John for weeks, but I guess I'm going to ask you, was it to you? I mean, when did you last see or hear from him? Did you know that he had been ill or um, was this a shock? It was an absolute shock because I hadn't heard anything. And like I said, I, I'm a little bit out of the loop, but at the same time, I still stay in touch with the uh, with a lot of the guys and, and John would be one of them and hadn't heard from him for, for, oh, you know, three, four weeks, but I didn't think anything of it. And then when he passed, I heard he had been in the hospital and, uh, you know, his organs just shut down and it, it really, it really was a shock, yeah. uh, especially, you know, in today's age, you know, 67, a young man. Um, yeah, that's right. Right. I, I can say that being 78. Oh. Yeah, I can say that being <laughs> between really 78 and 67. Um, well, when he covered the team from Tacoma, um, um, you worked with him daily when he was covering the Seahawks. Um, if you could sum him up in five or fewer words, what would it be? Uh, you know, I, I was uh, professionalism certainly is first. Um, I, un unbelievable profession. Um, dedicated. I mean, there was nobody more dedicated to his job. He was he was so dedicated um, that he just he's until he got married, he had spent his life in, in the office. Yep. And we had a philosophy that um, if you were a beat writer, you could stay in the office all night if you wanted to. Um, we just had to have somebody around so you you know people didn't walk halls. Not that we didn't trust him or any other writer it's just that it made everybody else comfortable um not that coaches get nervous or anything um but, <laughs> you know just to uh but we'd, we'd have a, a young intern stay and it got to be late and after a period of time we thought you know this is crazy why don't we just 
create a door, uh, give him his own key, and you know, make it where he can go into the press room, out of the press room, anytime he wants. And so we did that. So you talk about dedication, uh, focused. Um, coaches talk about players having to have a fine focus, and, and nobody was more focused on what he did than. I mean, if it weren't about Pat and some other peripheral sports out there, it was NFL 24-7. Thorough, um, beyond a doubt. You you knew that if if John said it and put it in print, it was going to happen. Uh, There was never a doubt. He... He more times than not had things before I even, um, and I felt like I knew things inside our building pretty good. No, he, he knew them. He knew them better. Uh, and then friend, um, and a friend to so many as as both of you and so many others uh, considered him a very very valued friend. Yeah, Gary, uh, I'm curious about the competition. Uh, part of this, uh, Gary, you, you, you've been with the Seahawks since the inception, 76. So here he comes along, Gary, 10 years later, you don't really know him all that well. And he's working for Tacoma. He's not working for the Seattle papers. There's probably two of them, at least Gary at that time. And, you know, Claire Farnsworth, first rate reporter, Gary, uh, you know, not, not chopped liver. Uh, And so these guys were good. And here comes Clayton out of Tacoma. Gary, describe the competition between uh, Clayton and, and, and the Seattle guys. Well, let me tell you a quick story. And, and I'm not telling this out of school because Larry Stone, who was a Seattle Times columnist, uh, wrote this. When Larry joined the Seahawks beat, uh, the Seattle Times, John took him to lunch. And John said, Larry, if you work 10 hours a day, I'm going to work 12. If you work 12 hours a day, I'm going to work 14. And if you work 14, I'm going to work 16, you know, and it was that, it was that kind of thing. And and the great part about that is um, it wasn't about intimidation or anything. It was just telling them, Hey, this is my, this is my turf. Um, But Larry was still a friend. You know, he could still be a friend after that kind of conversation. So I think that kind of tells you about the the core and the inner person uh, that John was. Um, he, he really was, he, he was the kind of guy that you couldn't, you couldn't be mad at. Him. I don't know. He, he had, he had some, he got some story sometime and I, I got upset at him and uh, you know, and then, Five minutes later, I'm going, I can't be mad at John Clayton. I can't, you know, he felt, he felt bad. And so I felt worse. Um, <laughs> it's just, just a great, just a great guy. Gary, uh, talk about his relationships with um, the head coaches, maybe Chuck Knox, uh, uh, Flores, uh, the star players like uh, Largent. Um, what, what was, uh, what was his reputation in the building, Gary? Well, there was so much respect. Um, Again, you guys know, I mean, he just had a way about him, the way he carried himself, um, a little self-deprecating, 
didn't uh, didn't act like he was the king, even though he was. Um, just carried him carried himself well. So that that was good. And then respect that again. As I said, uh, if he had that, um, they they knew it. They respected it, and they also knew that he they could confide in him. Um, and he wasn't going to just go break a story uh, right. because somebody told him something. He would make sure he had it. Um, two sources, three sources, four sources. Uh, so it, it was that kind of thing. So um, tremendous respect from the coaching staff, tremendous respect for players, people that didn't like to talk to people like you know, I wasn't around the Seahawks on a daily basis when Marshawn was there. I was still still in the office, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't in that role. Right. Um, but, he, you know, John and Marshawn could carry on a good conversation. And oh, that yes, didn't yes. happen with a whole lot of reporters. That's right. correct. correct. We're speaking about the late John Clayton on the eye test for two with former PR director from the Seattle Seahawks. Mr. Gary Wright and Gary, um, you have a favorite story of John? I mean, when you thought about John after you got the news, anything that you think of first, a favorite story, favorite anecdote? You know, I not, not just, not really. I, I just, I, I kind of go back to the, the first year he joined us in, uh, you know, in 80, in 87. And uh, just, I had known him from afar because he had been covering the Steelers and, you know, always thought, you know, guy, this guy, this guy's great. This is going to be terrific. Um, and he just made all of us better. Mm -hmm. uh, we had to be better at our jobs. Um, and I, I don't have any specific story, but I can just remember the first day that he was there as a, as a beat. I, I just, you know, I can remember that as clear as day. Interesting story. You you had mentioned the Hall of Fame thing, and Joe Gordon from the Steelers uh, is also one of the recipients in the in on the PR side. And I was talking to Joe yesterday, and and Joe says, you know, I can remember uh, I got a call from this high school kid, and he said that uh, he wanted to figure out a way to be able to cover the Steelers. And uh, Joe said, I can make that one. Come on by. So, you know, John got into this business at a very, very early age and uh, yeah, had, had. What do you think his legacy is, Gary? Oh, I, I think his legacy is taking uh, sports journalism to, to another level. I, I mean, a, a, a level that um, that people within within the cover. Uh, had such tremendous respect for him because he was going to do it right. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't just going to go go with a rumor. He wasn't going to just lay something out there. He was going to go it right. So I think um, I think again he added another layer of credibility to to journalism, um, which to me is tremendous. He he really Adam Schefter before Adam Schefter. I mean, he really he changed the way the game was covered. Yeah, in fact, it's he he always he loved he loved the beat, uh, but he loved the news more, and he always kind of wanted to get into radio. And at the time, uh, Pete Gross was our 
play-by-play voice. And uh, Pete brought John in to do a segment once a week, and John really liked that. And then eventually that turned into a to a show, and you know, then he became a, a radio and then a television personality, besides the newspaper guy. Gary, I'm I'm wondering when Clayton was working on a story, which he was 24/7. Gary, you know that. Yeah. Uh, True. How often, Gary? How often as the story is unfolding and developing, uh, for was Seahawks story, Gary? Would would he call you, Gary, as a sort of a final stopgap and say, "Am I in the right direction? Am I going to look bad if I write this?" Did you have those conversations? Without question, without question, he never he never really surprised me. Um, he 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 never did anything to shock me that, you know, this was, this was coming. Um, because again, I knew that if he had it, uh, but he would, he'd tell you along the way, uh, th- this is, this is coming. So, um, now I, I, I don't have enough words to say what, how much admiration I think we all have for him. Gary, I'm, I'm curious. He, he had such immense pride, immense pride, uh, in what he was doing and thought he knew everything that was going on in the organization. So, Gary, over the years, and you know I'm right about this, you can't win every battle, Gary. You can't win everyone. And so he would win 95 out of 100. But, Gary, what was Clayton like when the Seattle Times or the Post-Intelligencer beat him on a Seahawk story? Well, you know what? That's that's interesting because I have to correct you. I don't think it was 95 out of 100. It was probably 99.5 out of 100. And I, I, I can't remember a specific instance, but I, I do know that it did happen. And he would not be a happy guy for a while. You know, he just, he would kind of be grumpy, uh, but he'd get over it and move on to the next story and felt like he redeemed himself. But, you know, he didn't have any, he didn't have anything to, uh, to redeem himself from. He was, he was the guy, and everybody knew it. Did he ever accuse you of leaking something to somebody else, there? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think he, okay. I think he well, knew me well enough that um, that I avoided leaks. You know, <laughs> Ira, if he had to accuse Gary of leaking something, that would have meant that John didn't get the story right. John almost <laughs> always got the story. <laughs> yeah. um, Gary, he, he, I, he, he, I, I, I would have. He may have never. Spoken to me again if I had done something like that. <laughs> um, lastly, I'm just kind of wondering how you're going to remember him. In other words, when you hear his name mentioned, what's going to come into your mind's eye? You know, the first thing that's going to come into my mind is is Pat, his wife, uh, because he had such devotion to her. Um, uh, like I said before, he got married. I mean, boy, it, football beat was everything. Um, then Pat became part of that and and she she was just as much involved as he was um so i think of john i immediately think about that and think about you know we had some great dinners and all that just to think about the love and devotion he had for her and then lastly any plans that you know of or aware of for a funeral or a memorial service i i have not heard i have not heard anything yet one more thing from me gary thanks so much for your time Gary, I, I can't have you on our show without running this past you because it's a Hall of Fame-centric show. 
uh, and we know uh, how intrinsic John Clayton was to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Gary, I'm going to ask you about a former Seahawk. You uh, you were around him a lot. In my opinion, Gary, he, he's in the Hall of Very Good. I don't think he's going to make Canton. But, Gary, for five years, he might have been the best guy in the league at his position, and that's Sean Alexander. Had some great offensive linemen, Gary. But for those five years, early 2000s, Gary, he averaged 1,500 yards and 17 rushing touchdowns. Uh, it was a league was MVP. And a league MVP. Gary, he, he's one of the great goal line runners, and nobody ever talks about him. No, I, I didn't know. You, you, you're, you're talking to a huge Sean Alexander fan as a player and a person. So he, if I had a vote, he would definitely – he would definitely be in. Might put him in the same class with Mike Holmberg. He and Holmberg go in together. Um, but uh, no, that's uh, he. He definitely, in my mind, he definitely belongs. And uh, he, he, what a great, what a great player, what a great uh, teammate. And you're right. He had some, he had some terrific offensive linemen, but uh, not everybody could run behind those guys. Gary Wright, thanks so much for joining us. It's been way too long. And yes, uh, thanks. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And, and, and congratulations again on the award. Well deserved. Well, thank you. And uh, again, believe me, it's a pleasure to, to talk to you guys. And uh, John will uh, long, long be remembered. Absolutely. Thanks, thanks, Gary. Take care. That was former Seattle Seahawks PR director Gary Wright. And Ira, I'll ask you, what's your favorite John Clayton story? You know, just uh, just the kind of just I wouldn't say weird, but idiosyncratic character he was. Yeah, he you was. Know, you, start with, you start with the looks. You start with the looks, and um, and that's what made the commercial. And Clark, we haven't talked about the ESPN commercial, but we will. We will. It took, him, it took him to a whole different level, Clark. He turned out to be a rock star after that. <laughs> yeah, kind of like you. <laughs> you, you know what my favorite memory of him was really and you're right idiosyncratic because he worked every angle as i said of every story so i'm there in the 1998 playoff game between the 49ers and the packers the terrell owens game right and so i'm covering the 49ers beat reporter for the mercury news with two minutes to go as you know ira they took us down on the field so we go through the stands at candlestick get on the sidelines and here comes san francisco down the field and they're they're putting together a drive that may or may not result in the winning touchdown. There are about say 45 seconds left and we're on the sidelines there and Killian and Mark Purdy or Thomas Forrest. And I'm looking down the fields they're coming towards us. And I hear a guy behind me go, Clucky, Clucky. And it was Clady. And I turned around, hey John, he goes, Clucky, who are the 49ers putting on plan B? Oh, what? And he goes, who are the 49ers putting on plan B? I said, John, I have no idea. I'm trying to cover the last 45 seconds of this game. Would you let me watch the game? <laughs> but he was the king of plan B. And people today don't know it. I know Ian Glendon probably doesn't know about it. It was basically a limited free agency. But John was the king. All free agents flowed through John. All the information float through them and and iris since you mentioned it since you mentioned it i think for many john clayton fans their enduring memory was that espn commercial that ran years ago but honestly it was so 
ridiculously funny. Remember John in the Slayer T-shirt and he had the hair of the unloosed afterwards. Um, but it was essentially poking at fun of John as someone who really had no life outside the NFL, which was who John Clayton was. He had no life outside the NFL, except after 10 o'clock at night or so. But um, it remains, I think, one of the most popular ads in ESPN history. And, and it did turn John into, as you said, a, a rock star. I mean, he legitimately, Ian, you may find this hard to believe, he used to sign autographs after that. I'd go to public areas where he was. He would be signing autographs, not the players, John Clayton. <laughs> but um, because, because this is basically a radio program, I, I want to play this. I want to ask Ian to, to play it, but be, because it's a radio program, basically, you're not going to see it. It's going to miss really a lot of it. I still want to hear it because you're going to hear John Clayton's voice. But if you saw the video, you know how it goes, and it's hysterical. In cue it. It's hard to find an expert more dedicated than John Clayton. He's the consummate pro. We'll see how the 4-3 and the cover three work together. John Clayton with the latest. Thanks, Dan. Take care. <laughs> Whenever we need a brilliant insight... He's available at the drop of a hat. Hey, Ma, I'm done with my segment. <laughs> I tell you what, Ira, it never gets old. When you watch that, it never gets old. And when his news of his passing had circulated, people put that up because it was so popular. And Clark, it's a fa- it never fails. And when, when you play against type, that's always a winner. And, and, and yeah, that's played right. against type. Um, and he wasn't afraid to poke fun himself, Gary, our guest Gary Wright said. That's important. Yeah, that's correct. John Clayton, we laughed with you, we respected you, and we are going to miss you. John Clayton gone too soon at the age of 67. All right, you're going to be gone too soon from this program, as I will. But before we do, I'm going to ask you final thoughts on anything. Well, you said Clayton was Adam Schefter before Schefter. Um, I think he took it to another level beyond Schefter because he did. He did. Clark, he, he wasn't just with the agents necessarily. He, he kept a, a running tab of what everybody in the league was making uh, as they changed contracts. He, he would update it. Uh, Clark, nobody did that. No, right. nobody did that. Um he, he would call around on Sunday to find out the inactives all around the league. Nobody did that. That's Clark, right. He, he did things nobody else did. And, nobody. and uh, Ira, that was before the internet. Honestly, before the internet had all that stuff, he was way ahead of everybody. He was way ahead of everybody. He was the internet. Absolutely. Uh, we will miss him. We will yep. miss him. We are going to miss him. Anyway, that's going to do it. Uh, if you'd like to hear this or any eye test for two podcasts, just go to fullpresscoverage.com, pull down the podcast icon, and click on the eye test for two. Ira, how easy is it? Tell our listeners. Even I can do it, Clark, and I can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> if Ira can do it, you can too. If not, you can find us here next week. I'm trying anyway, to, thanks. Clark, I'm trying to fix a doorknob. I'm ready to call a locksmith for a $10 item. I can't put it together. <laughs> <laughs> but he can find the eye test for two on fullpresscoverage.com. And so can you. But if you don't, you can find us here next week. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you then.